Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson, Senior Editor of the Democrat Gazette and our regular analyst of all things Arkansas, the man I call Mr. Arkansas, Skip Rutherford's back. Skip came in at the end of the legislative session and we reviewed that, but been plenty of news since then, Skip. I thought we'd just kind of handle a smorgasbord of what's going on around Arkansas today. Well, well Rex, first of all, I'm glad you're back. It's glad good you, to be out and about again, uh, let me tell you. It's good to see you. You look good, so I'm glad you're back. Um, yeah, a bunch is going on, including a bunch of lawsuits as a result of the <laughs> legislature. But uh, some interesting times in Arkansas, and I think some good developments. Well, there are a lot of good developments right now. And, and you know, we've got our problems, and not to be Pollyannish about it, but We have the lowest unemployment rate in the history of Arkansas right now at 2.8%. And we've got some amazing economic developments that are taking place around the state. We touched on this a little the last time I had you here last time, but I I wanted to drill down a little bit, especially in in an area that has been losing population now for decades, and that's South Arkansas. But I've got a series of columns that are coming, Skip, on suddenly we are seeing two trends come together that have the potential of creating thousands of additional jobs and really giving new life to that whole Camden, Magnolia, El Dorado era. Let me, let me start with the defense industry. Now, on, uh, as we tape this on the previous Tuesday uh, Little Rock Rotary Club 99 kind of focused on the defense industry. And the head of Aerojet Rocketdyne for Arkansas announced that they're doing another major expansion. They're going to be adding hundreds of people in just, an, and I don't think most Arkansans have realized this, in just the last five years or so, both Lockheed Martin and Aerojet Rocketdyne have more than doubled their employment down there. They're both over a 1,000 employees now and both looking to hire a lot of new people. That industry, Skip, which is kind of quiet, it's out there, and, and that's how they like it. I mean, when you're manufacturing weapons, you, you don't want to be high profile. But in those piney woods outside of Camden, that industry now employs more than three thousand people and again i think probably hundreds of new jobs in the pipeline there well uh, yes rex I, I think you know of course having followed camden for a long time and having worked for david Pryor, mm-hmm. i remember going to camden one time and as we were driving into camden i also we had these fabulous roads and i said looked over at him and i said good job on your part and he said i didn't have anything to do with this this was james branion the former highway commissioner the commissioner for 10 <laughs> who, years who, yeah who did this but when you think of of Camden and you think of John McClellan and you think of David Pryor and you think of the Hussmans. Oh, so many noted you, Arkansans you have think come of, out of that town. And then you look at the work that uh, Ed Snyder uh, did, mm-hmm. Roy Ledbetter. Uh, there are a lot of people that have invested in Camden's future, but I don't believe any of them um, could have foreseen this kind of potential boom. Oh, absolutely. And, and what we have seen in essence is that all of the NATO allies, pretty much all of them, have supplied arms to Ukraine. 
Now, with increased tensions with both Russia and China, they all need to build up their inventories again. And somebody very familiar with that industry told me that is a process that is going to take years and years. So this is not a flash-in-the-pan thing. This could be a very sustained economic boom for that area. I agree. and I just got through watching uh, earlier this week the three-part, three-night series on Roosevelt uh, in the History Channel. And it and and I thought of, I thought of Camden because it talked about Roosevelt going to the Ford Motor Company and saying, "We don't need cars. We need tanks. We need airplanes." Um, and I think what we're seeing in Camden is this realization that the world is indeed a dangerous place, that you have to be prepared, and here in this very unique part of the state. Um, there's the, there's the will and the way and the heritage to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think that you never say, uh, I mean, there's not anything good about war. I'll be the first to, to say Exactly, that. exactly. But I also think that you have to promote the national defense, and you have to be prepared for the national defense. So I think what, what's happening, and if you noticed in this past week uh, on, on the budget deal, defense came out okay. And which, which again, if you look at it from an economic development standpoint, means there's going to be continued investment and probably support of American activities abroad. Now, let's go to part two of this South Arkansas story, which I'm also devoting some columns to. A week ago, I go out and pick up my Wall Street Journal excuse me, out of the driveway while I'm stuck at home. I'm an old dog. Now, like any good Arkansan should, and I hope all you listening are, I read my Democrat Gazette on my iPad early every morning, but I'm an old dog, and I still like a print paper in my driveway, so I get the Wall Street Journal six days a week, the New York Times on Sunday. While you can. Yeah, yeah. So I walk out, and I get my Wall Street Journal out of the driveway, and on the front of the second section, big headline, a story about how ExxonMobil is moving into South Arkansas because of the lithium resources there. Now, we've talked about before, there's a, a, a company, Canadian-based, called Standard Lithium that uh, has been heavily supported by the Koch brothers that was involved. But when the big boy, when Exxon comes in and gets involved – I think, Skip, that sends a message now to the rest of the industry that, boy, we, we've got to start getting more lithium production because we're going to need all these batteries for electronic vehicles in the year before years ahead. And as far as domestic production, South Arkansas may be the place to be as we figure out how to take lithium out of that brine in South Arkansas that we've pretty much been just injecting back into the earth for the last 100 years. Yeah, I think that's one of the major developments, economic developments uh, uh, in recent times, is ExxonMobil's investment in South Arkansas. Well, I think it sends a huge message. I think it also sends a signal that electric vehicles are here to stay. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think think that's coming. uh, Some people have trouble getting adjusted to it, but I think they're coming. Uh, and you also understand these batteries for, for cell phones and, and other things. It's not, it's not just vehicles. So, yeah, this is a big step. And I think, that, as you say, the, 
the, the you know, it's like a double header uh, in this part of the state. Two big initiatives. Now, still a lot of ifs, still a lot of work to be done, but boy, the hope, the promise, uh, the, the, the potential. Yeah. I mean, and it's not it's not just it's not just a, a faraway dream. It's investment. Mm-hmm. There are defense investments in Camden, and now there's a major, major Romine investment. Hundreds in, of millions of dollars in, being invested right now between those two sectors. And you know, Rex, the challenge that these two communities have is the challenge that our friends Cliff Chitwood and others are facing in the growth of Mississippi County Steel, which is, again, a remarkable economic development story, is quality of life issues. And that is housing, and that's schools, and that's parks, and that's recreation. And I think while we pursue an economic development strategy, and we should, mm-hmm. we should not neglect, uh, we should not neglect quality of life issues. A- absolutely. Now, one thing, and I and I've got a column coming on this too, but that area in South Arkansas has growing for has going for it is the tremendous growth of Southern Arkansas University. SAU passed five thousand students in the previous school year for the first time ever. Um, Skip, I can remember when it was two thousand and something students uh, in. Most of us who live here in South Arkansas, uh, I mean in Central Arkansas, look down that far in South Arkansas and think, well, kind of an area in decline. But SAU is booming, and I think they are well positioned. They've added a school of engineering now, so to provide engineers and others for both the lithium industry and the defense industry. But that that's a real bright oh, spot, that, having SAU in Magnolia. That is a really bright spot, and it's good for SAU that these developments in Camden, Smackover, and El Dorado are taking place. So, yes, to have a strong college university there is a very big plus. And I think, um, I think again, um, th- these areas are going to all kind of come together because I know a lot of people working in Camden uh, are, are, are commuting. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. They draw employees from about twenty counties. They tell yeah, me, Skip. And 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 so that that is uh, that's going to be a challenge. But SAU certainly helps. And you know, Rex, the other thing about SAU, we're, we're again as we start attracting talent and drawing talent and and, and trying to have talent uh, both for the jobs in Magnolia and and El Dorado is that we're on an enrollment cliff here in Arkansas mm-hmm. where we're going to have a lot of – we're just not going to have the numbers of people going to college, and we're also going to have a number of people who don't want to go to college because they either can't afford it or they've got other jobs. So there's a challenge. There is a challenge here between the enrollment cliff, the cost cliff, and the political cliff mm-hmm. that we're going to have to um, make sure that we have the workforce – for this area in SAU, not only in Magnolia, but SAU Camden. I mean, I, mean, I think you know, I mean, I think there's some things that that, that that can be done, but we need to make sure we we don't overlook that. Yeah, a- absolutely. You mentioned your old classmate Cliff Chipwood, so let's move for a minute way back up to Northeast Arkansas, where of course there's been another 
encouraging story, and that is U.S. Steel continues work on its $3 billion steel mill, which will be the largest private investment in the history of the state. That will give them four large steel mills now in Mississippi County and make that the steel producing center of America. Who in Arkansas, Skip, when, when you and I were young, could have ever dreamed that Arkansas would be the center of the U.S. steel industry? I don't think anybody could. And I think when we thought of Blyville growing up, uh, we thought of cotton. Yeah. Uh, and and the Air Force Base. Well, yeah, and the yeah. Air Force Base. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, and by the right. way, good for Mary Gay Shipley and what they're doing Oh, there. unbelievable. But, yeah. But, you know, you think about this. You were talking about Southern Arkansas University. You and I being old AIC uh, fans from – Mm-hmm. Washita and Arkansas College. It was Southern State University. Yeah, the Mule Riders. And they all, and always and, and and always had good teams. Mm-hmm. Always competitive. But I think right now, I think yes, um, you know, in two areas of the state that po- a lot of people have just been wringing their hands about and saying, yeah. "What can we do?" Man, th- there's some really golden opportunities. Here. Suddenly, you've got this going on, and we we talked a little bit about the steel mills the last time, but. Since then, we have seen the announcements, because you mentioned quality of life, we have seen the announcements that have come out of Wilson, the upscale, and I'm talking about an attempt to drive people who will fly into Memphis from across the country. It's that upscale. Hotel Louie has opened in Wilson. They're going to be adding a spa there. They've got a a golf course that is open. They're about to open another 18-hole golf course. Uh, They're going to be bringing in concerts there. They're going to be uh, opening a major automobile museum, even in Wilson. Uh, It is is amazing, Skip. And at the same time, they're going to be opening up housing developments around those golf courses, which certainly those that can afford it, and certainly the executives of these steel companies and all, they don't have to drive in from Memphis anymore. They don't have to drive in from somewhere else like so many of them are now. Uh, so we are seeing that quality of life amenities being added now right there in Mississippi County. It's, it's, I'm really looking forward to getting back up there now that I'm going to be able to get back out on the road soon this summer and doing a bigger piece on all that's happening in Wilson because it's pretty amazing. Frankly. Yeah, I think that's a very good sign. And, you know, Rex, I remember when we were doing the Clinton Library Project, uh, we actually had to go to battle in the courts to say that nonprofits can be economic engines too. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, how, how does the Clinton Library generate uh, – uh, that and of course we I think the verdict's pretty clear on that one but but notwithstanding that I really wish that in these areas I really wish our economic development people both at the governor's level and at the agency level would 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 sort of adopt what Brian Sanders is doing in terms of viewing outdoor recreation is not only a tourist thing, but it's an economic development. Absolutely. It's for our people who live here, not just those who visit. But where there are potential boom areas in terms of jobs, Blyville, Camden, El Dorado, I wish there would be an economic development incentive fund plan to say a part of this is going to be our quality of life Mm -hmm. issues. Because people are not going to move. They're going to commute until they feel comfortable about housing, schools, schools, hospitals, medical care, doctors, 
dentists, lawyers. I mean, they're good. they want to know art. They want to know about quality of life. I think we ought to think about mm-hmm. how we incorporate that into our um, economic development recruitment. Yeah. Well, it's certainly encouraging what's going on in far northeast Arkansas and far south Arkansas, things we haven't thought about uh, a lot in the past. Um, my Another column that I have coming on, uh, and you mentioned how nonprofits could be economic development. It is this tremendous explosion of the arts in Arkansas that we're suddenly seeing. We raised over $160 million, which I must say, and you you and I are residents of Little Rock, but that's pretty impressive for a city of 200,000 people. Uh, to open the fabulous Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts, which is now open since you and I were last together on this show. Meanwhile, Crystal Bridges continues its major expansion. Meanwhile, Wingate, the foundation, continues to pour tens of millions of dollars into facilities on college and university campuses across the state. We've got a marvelous facility at UCA in Conway that is uh, opening now. Uh, they're going to be building artist housing with Wingate's help over in what's now called the East Village near uh, the Clinton Library, the Euro, Euro stomping grounds. Uh, you put that all together and uh, – I, I was talking to somebody out of state, and they said, I can't think of one. It's hard to think of any small state in the country, Skip, that has invested as much in the arts as we're seeing happening in Arkansas right now. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out, Rex, first of all, the Stevens family deserves a lot of credit. Absolutely. That was a major effort, and they deserve a lot of credit on that on that art center, as do the voters of Little Rock who put several million dollars into that. So, yes, you're right. It's a beautiful facility. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, And certainly, Crystal Bridges and what's happening in Bentville with the arts, just very special. In this wonderful small state, we can get from one place to the other pretty quick. So it's really when somebody builds something or expands something, it opens it up for everybody, and that's a great thing. But let me point out another thing about the arts, because I really do big on this quality of life issue. I think it... You know, this weekend in, in, in a town that you and I both uh, feel very special, Newport, mm-hmm. it's the 14th annual Delta Arts Festival. Mm-hmm. It's Friday and Saturday in Newport. 200 artists from our, 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 our painting about the Delta uh, are going to be there uh, over a two-day period. They're going to be using in downtown Newport their new workforce development building, the first new major structure built downtown in a long time. Of all the Delta towns, Newport, has invested in economic development through a 10-year, one-cent sales tax, and has, uh, you know, it's not losing population. Right. Newport's holding its own. Right. And I think, uh, like Blyville and others, uh, but again, the quality of life issues matter. They they absolutely do. want to touch on a few, uh, few things uh, in the rest of the program that are kind of uh, – uh, been in the news. They're not all related to each other, but first off, a, a reading recommendation. You and I are both big readers, and I had plenty of reading time when I was home recuperating for three weeks from my 
accident, but by far, and I love Arkansas, and I love good writing both, uh, one of the best books I have read in a long time, Butler Center Books here in Little Rock, has come out with a collection of the writings of the great Mike Trimble, who was the Arkansas Traveler columnist for a while for the Arkansas Gazette. He was a colleague of mine here for a while at the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, uh, another great newspaper man, our friend Ernie Dumas, really worked for years to pull all that together and, and make it work. But I, I think of people like uh, Trimble, like Ernie, uh, and I think how blessed we have been in Arkansas, especially guys of your age, my age, grew up reading all of these people, uh, to have had such great newspaper writers in this state. And so I didn't want to end the show, Skip, without making a book recommendation and telling you to get that book because you will thoroughly enjoy yeah, it's, it's going my, back and rereading yeah, Mike Trimble's old It's stories. on my reading list. Uh, you know, Rex, another thing that, that, that I've been, you're right about great Arkansas. And one of the things we just set up uh, in honor of two uh, great Arkansas journalists, teacher and student, is that this year at the Arkansas uh, Press Association annual meeting, uh, the first Ernie Dean Brenda Blagg Award for, oh, the, wonderful. Out, for the Outstanding Columnist. Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be editorial. It can be feature. It can be, it, it, it's, it's going to be a $1,000 award. Uh, for for both wrote columns, both were interesting journalists. Both cared absolutely. About, both cared about Arkansas, and so this year it's been established and it'll be awarded uh, this summer. Oh, that's that's you'll, you'll need to apply. Wonderful to know. Well, I, I, I'll let uh, I'll let others worry about that. Uh, no, but I ought to get in the mix. It's uh, that that is outstanding to hear. But if you like reading about Arkansas, uh, get the book of Mike Trimble's collected writings you will not regret it we have uh, we have lost some well-known Arkansans since you and I last visited uh, Marion Barry I, I had the quote in the story here in the Democrat Gazette they, that's when I was stuck at home and they called me and uh, my quote was he was pure Arkansas but Marion as we have seen the shift uh uh, Skip, Marion was really about the last of those old Southern conservative Democrats, uh, conservative to moderate, but uh, the really the last of a breed of the type that were commonplace when you and I were growing up. Yeah, you're exactly right. And uh, uh, Congressman Barry uh, was just one of the most interesting uh colorful political figures very colorful you know sometimes when you looked at the delegation and all that you, you names like bumpers prior clinton um even mcclellan fulbright uh, often rose uh to the attention but someday somebody's going to do a really good biography of Marion barry mm -hmm. and somebody will do it that somebody should yeah um, I mean, this was a farmer and yeah. pharmacist. Interesting combination to start with there. Farmer and pharmacist yeah. out of Little Gillette, Arkansas. And a character. Yeah. Uh, and, and, a, and a real character. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he was, he was the, one of the last of the breed. 
I will, you know, you associate him with in Congress. I actually associate him with the uh, with Gillette mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and the Coon Supper. And the Coon yeah. Supper. You the, have to. The, I, I remember one time I said, I don't know how you can enjoy eating raccoon, <laughs> uh, which I tried several times. And, Me too. And never have really enjoyed it. But, but notwithstanding the fact, he built it, he helped build it into one of the state's great festivals. Oh, absolutely he did. Another person that we lost, and I will preface this by saying you mentioned the scholarship. Of course, you were a proud journalism graduate of the University of Arkansas and have remained close to that department through the years, but uh, longtime professor Hoyt Purvis. But I got to tell you, Hoyt was more than just a professor. Uh, He worked for J. William Fulbright. He worked for powerful Senator Bobby Byrd out of West Virginia. Hoyt was one of those people to me, Skip, talking about colorful Arkansans that just seemed to know everybody. Everybody knew Hoyt Purvis across the country, it seemed like. Well, he was a Renaissance guy. Yeah. Uh, And a likable guy uh, who, every time you saw him, he had a smile on his face. Uh, he kept up with events. He knew events. When I taught uh, as a visiting professor at Fayetteville for several years uh, in the journalism department, Hoyt let me use his office while at, on the day I was there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether you've ever seen a picture of Hoyt Purvis. It, it was reposted, I think, by Larry Foley yeah, Larry, after Larry, he passed yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Larry, and it is one of the most classic photos I've ever uh, seen. By, and I am, I'm a hoarder, but nothing like that. You couldn't move. It was stacks of everything. Well, that was right before Hoyt moved out of the office. <laughs> when I was there, and it was that way except for, I think, for three years, the same Diet Coke can was in the same place. Uh, <laughs> But he knew where everything was. Yeah, he could find it. And that's all he said to me was, you can use my office, just just don't rearrange stuff. Yeah. And I thought, well, Lord, how in the world could you rearrange? Where would you put it? But he was such, uh, uh, such a, a great man, a great mentor, great friend. Uh, students loved him. Good scholar. and mm-hmm. Really good, really great scholar and uh, loved Arkansas. Yeah. He, he really did, and a great story, like Marion Barry, a great storyteller, and uh, we don't have enough of those, and I wanted to mention Mike Trimble, Marion Barry, Hoyt Purvis, three three of the great storytellers in Arkansas history, and I think that's kind of my theme there, storytelling. All right, before we run out of time, of course, uh, as I'm usually comes up, Skip, Skip's a native of Batesville, and then, of course, he's been so active for decades here in Little Rock, and kind of combining the two is the exciting project we've talked about in the past of little line college being the little little college that roared if you will and opening the state's first dental school and first veterinary school right here in downtown little rock on the heifer international campus and as we tape this we've just had the announcement that they have got a hired a very distinguished scholar from Texas A&M to be the first dean of the veterinary school. So I've got to tell you, Skip, I'm very excited. It looks like to me both of those projects, both the dental school and the veterinary school, are full speed ahead right they now. They are. They're, they're totally on track. There's still some – Great. Uh, uh, you know, you've got some administrative things Always. to do. Always. You've got to get through – A lot uh, of accrediting stuff. Yeah, a lot of accrediting yeah. stuff. But, yeah, you know, this is uh, – these are on track. Uh, I, I'm really encouraged about it. You know, Rex, uh, again, 
uh, when, we, when we put the Clinton Library in Clinton School east of I-30, Richard Allen <laughs> told me I was... <laughs> That's I remember some of his columns murky about bottoms. The, the murky bottoms yeah, over there, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, but but let me tell you, you know, the, the Clinton School probably has on campus at the most uh, in a year for two classes, 75 to 100 students. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, but this Lyon College campus is going to, both dental and vet, going to, top that in its first year and after three or four years we're you know if everything goes all right if approval goes all right and accreditation goes all right which i think they will hopeful um you know you're talking an influx of 750 to a thousand people downtown and you're not talking nine months of the year you're talking 12 months absolutely of the year. so again let me go back and say where i go back and say all right everybody's talking about line doing this and people helping and Merritt Dake at One Health and others really forming a great partnership. i got to give Merritt Dake a lot of credit uh, and his team. But, you know, Little Rock Rock better start thinking about this. This is what I used to say on the Clinton Library thing. You better start thinking about this. We've got housing, you know, affordable housing. If you got 750 people coming in here in the next three or four years, you don't build a complex or do something in six months. I mean, you got to think about housing. And as you and I both know, uh, I'm, I'm, I remain, I'm, not, I'm, I'm more excited about 6th Street. I'm more excited about SOMA. Uh, I really do think what Adam Fogelman and those guys are doing in Petaway is just oh, remarkable. Absolutely. Absolutely remarkable. They, that, that should be an economic development story for the ages. But I'm really worried about the river market, and I'm really worried about Capitol Avenue. And, I, and we've talked about that before. Uh, as you know, we, we sit here at the intersection of Capitol and Scott while we tape this. So we're on, on Capitol Avenue. And as we've talked about before, that, that has just got to be a focus from where we sit right now up to the Capitol. That should be Arkansas's Grand Boulevard leading to the front steps of your state capitol. And there's got to be a revival of the river market. Mm-hmm. You know, there's got you just read about things that are closing. You read about the crime in the river market parking deck i used to park there all the time i never once thought about not being yeah you know now i i it's pretty it's worrisome uh and so i i i really think again back to the quality of life issues um you as you build and it's pretty exciting what's happening um boy we we cannot overlook the quality of life issues absolutely and you're talking about housing these people and um, I, I we could look out the front door right here and and look at the the bull building and the Donaghy building uh, the two tallest buildings on the main street of your state capitol remain empty so if you and it comes back to recruiting and it comes back to finding the right tax incentives and I understand all of that but if the city would really put a focus on it there's plenty of space down here to house those people you're right if you if you put the right packages well, together you, i would love to see both of those buildings for instance turned into residential well and of course it's so costly and it's so uh and it's going to take a long long time uh, to do that but you start little by little the clinton library started the clinton school started the movement east of i-30 then along came heifer Mm-hmm. And now along came East End. 
and along came Merritt Dake, and along came the Cromwell firm. Mm-hmm. And you know, all of a sudden, you are now building. Now you've got that new artist housing that you got I, the artist I mentioned. Housing. You've got another brewery shops. that's going to be built right. down there. Yeah, I you've mean, got Lost 40 and other places. That, and, I, I, you know, so that's the way you do it. Uh, it's been done. There's a model. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing, unfortunately, is uh, we're letting two – one area is already in real trouble, I think, the Capitol Avenue. I, 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 think, I, I think that's in real trouble because it's hard to re, redo big buildings. But I, 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 I think the river market really needs a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Well, I will go back overall, and I will close because we're out of time where we started, though, in 2.8% statewide unemployment, uh, exciting things going on in places we wouldn't have thought about a decade ago, like northeast Arkansas and far south Arkansas. Overall, economically, uh, I've got to say, these these seem to be pretty good times in Arkansas right now. Pretty good times in America. Mm-hmm. Pretty good times in Arkansas. Uh, we just have to make sure that we continue to have a quality workforce and make every community a place people want to live. Skip, thank you as always. Appreciate it. A lot of insight there. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. I'm Rex Nelson. We'll see you next time. Good job, Rex.